Welcome, I'm Christina Michelle, inviting you to join me for Culture Rich Conversations. This week, as we continue our celebration of Black History Month, we're having an enlightening discussion about Black love and relationships, just in time for Valentine's Day. From the perspective of single, married, and somewhere in between, we'll define what Black love is and how we experience it here in Juneau, in Alaska, and beyond. From KTOO in Juneau, this is Culture Rich Conversations. Culture Rich Conversations is underwritten by Mark Stofa and Sarah Hannon, celebrating Juno's diversity of culture, language, and heritage. Culture Rich Conversations is made possible by a grant from the Social Justice Fund Grant Program of the Alaska Community Foundation. The Black Awareness Association would like to take a moment to recognize that Culture Rich Conversations is broadcast from Flinket Ani. We acknowledge those families who made use of this land and waterways for thousands of years and still cherish it as an important part of their way of life for today and future generations. Gunalschish, thank you. You're listening to Culture Rich. Culture Rich. Christina Michelle. Today, my guests and I are talking about Black love and the Black lived experience in Juneau and in Alaska and beyond. As we continue to normalize loving Black relationships, my guests, Mr. Keith and Mrs. D. Johnson, Malcolm Lorenzo, and Kiri Gordon will share their journeys with us. Welcome, everyone. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. So let's start with a little background on where you are in your Black love journey, and you can tell us a little about who you are and where you're calling from uh, for the Johnsons. I'll start with you. Well, we are Keith and uh, Dee Johnson, and uh, we are actually in Stafford, Virginia. Um, We lived in Juneau, Alaska uh, for nine years in Juneau, of course. And of course, what took us there was the military, the USA, the United States Coast Guard. And um, so we've been married for, we are actually in our 40 third year. Congratulations. That's amazing. I don't know whether to clap, shout, or pass out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're all clapping for you over here in the studio. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. And uh, Kiri, we'll go to you. Where are you from and how long have you been living and loving in Juneau, Alaska? Living and loving, that's saying a lot. (laughs) So 
I'm Kiri Gordon. I'm from Queens, New York. Um, I've been coming back and forth to Juno for the past like 12 years, seeking peace, solace. I needed to do some healing in nature. Found it, found a great community. Um, yeah, and I just decided to make it home. Yeah, it's been a journey when it comes to dating and love, and we'll we'll get into that, which is why I told you I had a disclaimer because I'm the last person to ask. But I have. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to exploring possibilities. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I cannot wait to hear more about that. And I'm so glad that you are here finding your peace and solace. Oh, yeah. All right. And Malcolm, welcome. And please share with us how long you have been living and loving in Juno. Hi, everyone. I'm Malcolm Lorenzo. Um, so I've been in Juno for three years now. I got here in 2019, right before the pandemic happened. Um, and I am engaged. So uh, it's been it's it's been quite the journey, I'd say. Moving from Jacksonville, Florida, to Alaska is a big change. So um, I've I guess I call it serendipity in a way, so to speak. Um, I wasn't expecting to find love. I wasn't looking for love. I came out here to support my best friend while her mom was passing away from cancer at the time. And I was kind of just going through that, you know, kind of focusing on that and stuff like that and happened to meet someone along the way, so. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on meeting someone Thank along you. the way. Unexpected serendipity. We're going to get into all of this today. I'm very, very excited. So I am going to start with the Johnsons, with Miss D and Mr. Keith. Can you talk to us about uh, what black love means to you? How would you define that? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll start off with that. Partnership, teamwork, uh, through good times, bad times, you know, ups and downs, but uh, being able to uh, persevere. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of like, uh, no matter what happens, you decide that you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna persevere. You're gonna, you're gonna get through it. Uh, you're not going to kill each other in the process. <laughs> Whether that be, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, kind of like a play on words or what have you. But Black love is unique. I think that, uh, you know, you, you see a lot of things you grew up. I, we grew up in Alabama. We just happened to grow up. Our mothers graduated from high school together. And so I actually live one street over. Um, I lived one street over from him. So I actually live behind him. And uh, we just became hangout buddies, you know, friends, 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 friends. I think if you don't start with a friendship, mm-hmm. it's going to be rather difficult to hang in there because you, you really have to like, you really have to like each other. True. <laughs> and uh, we managed to, to really, really, really um, like each other as, you know, just 
basic, you know, human beings. I, he liked my vibe and I liked his. <laughs> 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 Yeah, he had lots of swag. And so um, that was, you know, that was pretty attractive to me. It's just the swag. And, you know, of course, he had the, he had a car. He was pretty independent. And it just seemed to work out. <laughs> well, and, she, and she was very, first of all, uh, beautiful. Oh and, uh, but very talented, you know. Uh, could do a lot of different things, and that was exciting to me. That was, you know, it's like, boy, she can cook, she can do this, she can do that. I mean, it's like, it's, I mean, everything. Was, what can't she do, you know? And so, uh, but um, we pretty much broke the mold. I mean, I don't think I, I may know. Two, uh, I know a couple of couples that were like us, high school sweethearts. That, that stayed together over all these years. Uh, but, you know, not many were able to do that. And I think leaving Alabama also helped us with that, being able yes. to get away from, from family and things like that that can sometimes hinder relationships. Because you have to know they're all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they're all crazy. Especially, especially, especially when they've known you since you were in diapers. Like <laughs> well, in your opinion, what is it about the Black love experience that is unique just to our culture that may not be quite as obvious or present in others? Hmm. What would you say, Keith? I think just the, the our history. <laughs> you know, I mean, for one thing, you know, just uh, the what we... What we've had to uh, endure, you know, as as a as a race of people, uh, and still be able to uh, uh, keep family together, uh, be able to uh, venture out and you know have businesses and do the things that is with everything that you know that have, that has come up against us, you know, for centuries, just to be able to to keep it together, the uniqueness, and and so when you see families. I mean, and, and now, you know, it's, when I grew up, you know, there were a lot of uh, dads were in the household, you know, a lot more than they are now. And uh, so we were able to to grow up. I mean, my father, let me, let me say this, my, my father was killed in, in Vietnam. It was a different for me, but her her dad was always, you know, he was in, he was there for them, he was there with them. And uh, a lot of other friends, uh, fathers, mothers were, were together, so. Um, the uniqueness of that was, you know, the stereotype of of us as a as a group, as a family, is uh, it's not what people. It's not think what it people is. think it is. Yeah. You know, we don't. You know, people say, "Oh, you know, uh, they don't take care of their children." You know, they all this kind of stuff. It's just not true. I mean, it's there's so many things that just are not true. Um, I think when it, well, let me say, let me add this in. We when we grew up, our our grandparents and people like that were very involved in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we you know we we grew up around aunts, uncles, and grandparents, and uh, neighbors were were like extended members of your family. Mm-hmm. You know, like you always hear, if 
somebody sees you doing something wrong, you know, <laughs> okay. they'll, they'll, yeah, you'll get it from them. And, and then go home and get it from your parents. So, uh, so I think that part of us, as we matured and gotten older, is still there. So uh, I, I like to say that we carry some of the old school with us, mm-hmm. yeah, still, you know, in this yeah. day and age. It's true. It's very true. And I think I think one of the things that um, people don't think that um, I would say uh, black love uh, pulls on is we are very, very, very conscientious in our financial health. I don't I don't necessarily think that I think people think that. we are just like these huge consumers. We just consume, consume, consume. But that's not necessarily true. I I can show you the other side of that. Even with us, when we started out young, and I mean, my parents, you know, I came from a family that had, you know, some means. However, I had to do my own thing. So I had to, I never wanted to be associated with being um, a part of the uh, the status quo, you know, oh, you know, they're poor, their children uh, don't eat, their children are not smart, uh, uh, they don't go to school, you know, I, 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 I absolutely decided that I'm going to put that to rest and let people know that we are very intelligent. We take care of our children. Uh, we are very financially astute. Um, and we had to work for everything <laughs> we earned. I mean, we had to work for it. And I mean, it was not easy because there were a lot of obstacles. But what I can say about Keith and I is, what I can say about Keith and I, the fact that we, we stick together. We've always stuck together. Even there were times, there were some times that it was beneficial for us to um, portray a united front. <laughs> Although, <laughs> you know, we weren't united necessarily. Although, uh, difference, uh, yeah. major difference of opinion. A united front, even though you weren't speaking. Yes, okay. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Exactly. Nobody else I mean, needed to know you weren't speaking, right? right? right. <laughs> you, have you have to protect. You know, you have to protect your relationship. You can't let people get in there. Even your family, your parents, will say things that just aren't true. I mean, because that was them, that doesn't mean it has to be you. Absolutely. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm Christina Michelle, and the voices that you are hearing are those of Mr. Keith and Miss D. Johnson, and they're joining us from Virginia via Zoom. And here in the studio, we have Kiri Gordon and Malcolm Lorenzo, and we're having a conversation about Black love and the Black lived experience of loving in Alaska. Uh, so I'm going to ask... Kiri and Malcolm, a couple of the same questions that the Johnsons have just spoken to. So, Kiri, we'll start with you. Can you okay. share what black love means to you? Ooh, black love. Okay. So, I made it very apparent that romantic love has not found me yet. We have not dived into that pool. But I will say 
that intimacy within the black community that has affected me. Um, okay, for instance, most black people who travel, they can touch on this. When we travel around the world, if you leave the United States, right, and you run into another black person or a group of black people, we do not have to speak. It can be nonverbal. Mm-hmm. It could be a nod, a wave, but we see each other and we know that we can just, hey, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's a, I see you. Yeah. I, I acknowledge you. And I, know. <laughs> I love that about us. When we see each other, right, it's like a mirror. Mm-hmm. We understand, okay, we know our history. We know how we've been dehumanized and in the media it's kind of like we're portrayed as maybe we're not as deserving of love or respect because of these issues but because of that and despite it black love and intimacy it goes against that that status quo. It's like despite that, we're here and we choose to acknowledge one another, right? Mm-hmm. We choose to love. We choose to as a as a people to keep moving forward, you know, and unite despite what people say about you know the selfishness, like like what uh, Keith and and D. D Johnson, mm-hmm. yeah, we're saying like. Dis- <laughs> Despite that, we still keep going. And there's such beauty in that. So you know when people, okay, I was watching, I was on Instagram the other day, and this guy, he was describing this woman's Thanksgiving meal, and it was a bit lackluster, you know? (laughs) He was like, who put the raisins in the potato salad? It was one of those instances, right? And everything that he's... Everything he stated about this woman's meal, it was just something that we collectively, I know, can laugh. And that was another thing. Yes, through with love, because we love us, humor has emerged from that, a specific type of humor that, that we get, mm. you know? And we, we appreciate, which has also helped us heal. Mm-hmm which is how we can yeah. actually show love and continue to have that intimacy within a community. You Ooh, know? Well said, Kiri. Thank yeah. you so much for that. You're welcome. I want to say, um, <laughs> since I moved to Juno, you know, the, the black community here, it's not very big. Mm-hmm. So when you do see a fellow, you know, brother or sister, on the street, you know, you make that eye contact and it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a recognition, a familiarity, uh, 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 how to say, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like... Um, like Carrie you said, it's like a, a seeing of each mm-hmm. other yeah. and acknowledging it's a rec- that. It's the recognition. recognition. It's, yeah. the re- it's the recognition that you kind of look for and it's like, you know, it makes you feel good. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you don't get that everywhere you go. And I feel like since I've been here and I've run into a fellow brother or sister, it's always a good feeling. And it's just like, you know, we out here, we doing it. We yeah. make it, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We all freezing together. 
<laughs> so, Malcolm, can you share from your perspective what black love means to you? Um, to me, black love is trial and tribulation. It's going through it to get to it and not giving up. Um, you know, we all have our our trials and we all have our things that have brought us to where we are today and have made us who we are and the reason why we are who we are or the way that we are. And um, a lot of times people get misunderstood. Um, and I feel like uh, uh, you have to love yourself unconditionally, 100%, and be able to in order to be able to love other people. Absolutely. And if you don't love yourself first, you know, how are you going to be able to express or show that kind of love to someone else? So I feel like being comfortable in who you are and loving yourself first and foremost will set the mold to be able to love other people. Well said as well. Well, I am Christina Michelle, and we are here having a conversation about black love. I'm here with Kerry Gordon and Malcolm Lorenzo and Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, who are joining us via Zoom. We're just getting started with this conversation. We have lots to get into when we get back. I'm Christina Michelle, and we're going to take a quick break. Welcome back to Culture Rich Conversations. I'm Christina Michelle. Before the break, our guests shared with us about the Black love journey and what that means to them and what it looks like living here in Juneau. And for the Johnsons, our married couple, having roots in Juneau, but now living uh, in Virginia. So we heard a bit from the married perspective, which we love. And now we're going to hear from Carrie and Malcolm a little bit more from the perspe- perspective of unmarried. So, Carrie, we'll start with you. Can you give us an idea of what it's like as a black woman dating in Juno? 
And you did say earlier that love has not found you, but that doesn't mean that friendship, outings, connections of some kind haven't found you. So share with us, what does it look like for you? Made connections of some kind or another. (laughs) 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 We'll just call them other. (laughs) Okay. Um... It has been daunting, to say the least. And I'm going to explore that a little bit, to be honest. So there's not that many of us here, you know? So in my experience, when I'm meeting someone, it's either um, based on an infatuation that they have, like, built up in their head this picture that they have of what you know a black woman could be should be or can offer them I literally had someone come up to me and say yeah you know it's been a long day so um you know I turned on some Tupac in my car you know it's real deep (laughs) don't you think and I'm just staring, and here I am drinking a white wine spritzer, and I'm just like, this is how, you know, this is the opening, you know? And so I find that it's either I'm looked at, yeah, as a novelty. Mm. Um, that has been the experience. I have met a couple guys who, um, you know, who genuinely get to know me but then I also feel like um just growing up in New York City that has definitely shaped the way I move forward with dating and scrutinize maybe I should you know pull back a little I have noticed like here you really do have to learn to put those standards I said I won't even call them standards, but um, maybe. what expectations maybe? Yes, expectations. That is, thank you, yeah. a good word because it's it's such a different terrain. You meet a different type of person here, mm-hmm. and for me, I have to learn to be open to that. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. And so, yeah, I have met like some interesting individuals here and they're great people and so yeah i'm still waiting for that (laughs) magic hour to to appear until then i'm going to continue to be open and and meet with people i'll piggyback on that yeah being open um so when i first moved to juno i had a couple of you know different experiences um the first uh female that i dated or not dated but kind of had a uh an affection toward um she she ended up moving away and um mm. it was it was short-lived it was very short-lived so I didn't really get to see where that could have gone or where it would have gone but you know when I first met her she she was you know African-American so it was it was um a feeling of like like comfort I was like, okay, you know, I got another, you know, another another black female that's here that I can vibe with. Um, so that being said, um, 
she moved away and I wasn't really looking for anything or expecting anything. So I definitely um, just have to remember like um, why I'm here. You know, and 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 my my reasoning for being here, originally was because you know I was here to support my best friend, and and her time of need and stuff like that. So I wasn't really looking for love or focused on, you know, doing anything specific. Just I was kind of just going with the flow, and um, I feel like being a black man in Alaska, uh, there's. Always for me, there's always been a stereotype that I'd never fit, and it was like um, I didn't like being. I don't like being uh, stereotypical, a stereotypical black guy, and because I don't fit that stereotypical mode, I feel like I get looked at differently sometimes. What What are the stereotypes? You know, like um, like the stereotypical like black guy baggy pants oh he's black so he must be you know this or that or you know just the the hood they're yeah hood. yeah Ooh, you know okay. they, they they see a black guy and they expect him to be ghetto or or mm-hmm. talk a specific kind of way and i don't talk like that you know i hold myself to a different um statue so um i feel like being being that way or being the way that I am kind of off puts people in in the beginning they're like oh he's not who he's not definitely not who I thought he was or he doesn't look like what I thought you know what I mean I don't fit that I don't fit that stereotypical black guy I guess so to speak I don't, I'm trying to find my words here but um I've I've found uh I found um, a way of of of. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm gonna ask this question: Are you both open to dating other races, um, only because you live here in Juno, or um, are you looking for? Well, I'll say Kiri because Malcolm, you said that you're engaged. Yeah. Um, Kiri, are you open or are you looking for someone who's also black? <laughs> oh, honey, I have dated the United Nations. Okay, <laughs> we are open for business. Okay, we do not discriminate. I I love to learn about different cultures. Okay, I, I love so, to learn. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> sit me at the buffet, and we will sample all the potato salads that are put in front of whether me. they have raisins or not. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> All right. Oh, my fiance. So, oh man. That has been said. That's good. That's Got good. it. Yeah. Loud and clear. Okay. Um, Malcolm, is your fiance black? She's native. She's native. She okay. She's native, yes. All um, right. Which which has been an experience for me because um 
when I first so when I first moved to Juno, I I was always hearing, oh, she's native or he's native, and I was like, what does that mean? Like, oh, interesting. <laughs> We're so used to to knowing yeah. Alaska Native people, yeah. um, but that I've never even heard anybody say that that they didn't I was like, what familiar. Does that mean? She's he's native, like native to what? Like you know, uh, Native American? Like are they native? Like, <laughs> are they Native Indians? What are we native to? Like you know, so it was definitely confusing to me in the beginning. I did not understand. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm new here. <laughs> so. Interesting. So I was going to ask, what are the biggest differences dating in Juneau versus other places you've lived? So you kind of just answered one, one of those mm-hmm. um, aspects. Kiri, how about you? Oh, man. Ooh, people that live in New York City, they already know the, the dating scene. Um... <sighs> To me, like New York is very diverse. Yeah, well, that's where I dated the United Nations and all. But at the (laughs) same time, it's like to be honest, it's all been hard. I'm not gonna lie. Like we live in a swipe left society. Mm -hmm. Okay, there is no type of loyalty to anyone. Everything is replaceable. Mm -hmm. Everything and everyone. Mm -hmm. I don't like you. Oh. She eats her peas one at a time. <laughs> right, things like that. Yeah, like yeah. people, it's one thing, one thing, one simple thing. And it's like, up, oh, swipe left, next. And so, and I'm not, I'm not looking for that, you know? And that has been my experience. It's, that has been my experience, so. Yeah. Okay. So where do where do you um, meet people and where do you hang out here? Um, so for me, I I I never really was into the whole, you know, swipe left, swipe right, Tinder like thing. I made an account one time and it literally probably lasts me not even two weeks or a month because it's just like, you know, you make a profile, you put a bio on there, and then you know this, this person picture shows up. And you either swipe right or swipe left, swipe right, swipe left. And if you you match with someone, then you can talk to them. And it's like, I can go out in public. I can go out and walk around and look at somebody, you know. I mean, not everybody has that that ability to be, you know, that courage to go up and speak to somebody and, you know, somebody that you don't know and ask them about themselves or ask them about, you know, who are you or, you know, hey, how you doing? It, it, it only takes a second, a minute to start a conversation, you know, if you see someone you're interested in. Um, I just didn't find the hype in the whole online dating thing, I guess. And for me, it was just like, um, Juno's not very big. Right. It's not very big, so there's not always much to do. Um, whereas in, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, so, you know, there's clubs, <laughs> there's there's always something to do, the, you know, the nightlife. Um, so for me, it was like uh, I just found a friend group that I kind of could vibe with, could, could, could see myself, you know, hanging out with, and I just ended up... Um, I make friends easily, I would say, so... Uh, I just happened to, it was 
serendipity. <laughs> and it's like, no way. Well, and it's interesting talking about swiping left and right here in Juneau. You're, if you yeah. meet people online, you're guaranteed to also run into them in Fred Myers mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> or exactly. IGA or something else. And something that I have heard from friends who are into using apps is that they might meet somebody and connect on the app, but then when they see each other inevitably in person, in person. then you it's know the person acts like they don't recognize them or they don't awkward. ever yeah it's awkward yeah so that is that is a challenge for sure um can we talk about the situationship versus a relationship and what you would say is the biggest difference and i'm gonna add, um say mr uh keith and miss d if you have something to add to that from a married perspective then we would love to hear that uh, from the uh, the situationship versus the relationship, I'm pretty sure that situationship was coined um, by the black culture. <laughs> okay, sure. so Malcolm is saying, what's that mean? At the red table, wasn't it? <laughs> That's when it was first served up cold. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, you know, the situationship Hey, that's a long time ago, actually. Mm-hmm. There have been plenty of situationships in our day and age. We're in our 60s, and the situation is this. Oh, Baby, you was doing something you weren't supposed to do. Oh, you got okay. Okay. The situation is this. <laughs> I mean, that, that's keeping it real. <laughs> That is absolutely keeping it real. It's like, hey, this was this 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 is the situation. Now, because you know, hey, it was cold. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) needs this, that, and the other. Well, guess what? Now we have some some a little situation that's going to come forth. So we got to figure out what this situation, how it's going to go, okay? Oh I think God. that's very real. And I mean, and I think it's really a lighthearted way to put it. But that's how it was. You know, when we came along in the Black community, I sat beside a young woman in the eighth grade. And I kept thinking, hmm, why is she wearing a coat? It is hot as heck outside. Mm. Well, Guess what? <laughs> she had a baby. One day she didn't show up at school. It's like, oh, she had a baby. I'm like, what? Mm. I mean, you know, it's 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 those kind of things. I mean, even for me, Keith and I, we're not your typical. And it's it's by the grace of God, I'm here to tell you that we're together because, I mean, I don't think our parents were that keen on us, you know. Uh, getting together permanently. So we eloped. We really did. We ran off. We got married. Had no intention whatsoever to spill our tea. Okay? Tell nobody nothing. But, (laughs) you know, and I'm telling you, and we came home um, for a holiday, and we had been married for months, okay? Wow. But when we came home, 
I went to my house. Mm-hmm. He went to his. I kid you not. And when my gra- and when we went to dinner at my grandmother's, she walked up to me and she said, mm. "She says, well, well, well." And I'm thinking, "Oh God, what is this about?" So she full well knew I was pregnant even before I knew it. Okay. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Did she have the <laughs> dream about the fish? <laughs> <laughs> Did she dream I mean, about the fish? She, hey, she don't, don't, those were some fish dreaming people. I, tell you, I am telling you. I am telling you. And she was like, hmm. And so she called me on the phone and she said, What was that I hear in the background? I'm thinking about myself. You hear my husband, but I didn't dare say that. She was like, Hmm. So, hmm. You might need to go to the doctor. And I'm like, For what? She says, well, you might need to go. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I kid you not, here I am, what, a senior in college, been married for months, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. When the lady said, hey, uh, trying to say my name, my natural name, which is Chiquetta, that's my given name, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, this one about to tell me I'm about to have a baby. I ain't having no baby. <laughs> and... Mr. Man, Mr. Man, I mean, we married, okay? Mm. I'm like, my parents are going to kill both of us. <laughs> so the baby ain't going to never be here. Now, why did they come to play? I'm <laughs> I'm a married woman. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, this is the stuff. So I go home, and actually my neighbors in my building who were an older couple came to visit us, and they said, the older couple said, oh, we're going to be grandparents. I thought, oh my God, this is not what was supposed to happen. You weren't supposed to. They were the Smiths. I mean, they were ancient. Okay. So my parents, we weren't available when they came to Birmingham. So, you know, they went home and said, my dean caught me at school on Monday at my college and said, hey, uh, your parents want you to call them. I told them that I would uh, ask you to come into my office and call them. And she's like, I take it your parents don't know you and keep them married. I'm like, they don't. <laughs> and she says, hmm. She says, well, they are full aware. The Smiths told them that you were about to have a baby. I'm like, wow. oh. oh. <laughs> but, you know, that that is, you know, the black community or, or how we uh-huh. How we grew up, and and as as uh, even as married people, yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we had we had sense enough to get married, but the thing about it is, I knew nothing about birth control, whatsoever. Okay, and when I went to get it, it was too late. <laughs> My grandmother already had. Yeah, she she knew what was going on. So I mean, hey. So I go home um, in March, and I'm having a baby in May. Okay. Wow. And my mother fainted. Fainted. But I mean, hey, we persevered. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Forty-three years later. Forty-three in May. I love that. Educated. So I mean, hey, it is what it is. Well, you, I mean, 
you just nailed that that question. I was going to ask, how do the opinions of your friends and family affect who you choose to get serious about? And man, <laughs> boy, did we get an answer? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that same question to Kiri and to Malcolm. If you're just joining us, I'm Christina Michelle, and I'm here with Keith and Dee Johnson, and Kiri and Malcolm, and we're having a conversation about the black lived experience of loving in Alaska. So, Kiri, um, Mm -hmm. do the opinions of your friends and family affect who you choose to see? No, not really. But what I do check for is the... I need to make sure the person that I will be with, the person I'm dating, can actually handle what my family mm-hmm. brings forth. Because it's a lot. <laughs> it's so much. And yeah. so the person that chooses to be with me, I know that they need to be mentally and physically strong. <laughs> they need to be enduring. They need to be patient. Mm-hmm. patient. They need to be able to compromise. Because that is what it takes to enter into the Gordon existence. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Malcolm, how about you? I would say for me, if you make so if you make it past meeting my mother, then like we're good. We're solid. For me, because my I'm a I'm a mama's boy. And so um, (laughs) so uh, and I, I say that I say that in a good way. It's not like oh, I need my mommy, but but like I need her approval. Yeah, definitely. It, 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 her her opinion does matter to me. Um, my my dad is also a big factor. Um, I would say growing up though, I was never I never experienced racism to the extent of you know being called the n-word or or um i didn't i didn't like on a, almost to a level of i didn't see color when mm-hmm. i was younger because growing up in jacksonville florida it is is it was very diverse so um i don't want to i don't think i was really sheltered but i knew racism was there because of my mom and she made it known to me what it was so i understood and i never really had to experience that type of um like a controversy so to speak um but uh my usually when I bring someone home to meet my family. If you're meeting my mom, that means a lot. So it's like after after you've met my mom, if we stay together, then I know <laughs> I know this is this could possibly be the one because literally every every single person that I brought home to meet my mom after she meet after they meet her, it's like either we work or we don't, and it's it's so <laughs> weird. It's so weird because it's like this would be the end all be all like if you can meet my mom and I still am in a relationship with you a year later that's good (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it is about mom but it's like once you meet mom it's like that just she knows she knows nobody nobody knows women like other women so (laughs) 
Right. So it makes sense. Right. I know for my brother growing up, mm-hmm. I was the standard, not my mom. So it was like if he got, if a person got past his sister, mm-hmm. then she had a chance. That too. Sissy, sissy does matter. Sissy does matter too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, we are here having this conversation about black love in Juneau and in Alaska and beyond. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back to wrap up this conversation. Welcome back to Culture Rich Conversations. I'm Christina Michelle, and today I'm joined by Mr. Keith and Mrs. D. Johnson, who have lived and loved here in Juneau and now are doing it in Virginia, joining us via Zoom. And then we have Ms. Kiri Gordon and Mr. Malcolm Lorenzo, who are living and loving right here in Juneau currently. I am so appreciative of the conversation that we've had today and just your candor and your humor and your realness. And I'm going to ask you to share this, uh, your answer to this question as we close out today's episode. Where do you hope to be in your black love experience this time next year? And... I'm going to ask the Johnsons to answer that first, having 43 years already of experience living and loving. (laughs) What do you hope to accomplish or experience by year 44? Well, I hope to hit my goal because I have a business. I I do. I'm I'm a chef and uh, I'm, I'm being mentored by, oh, my goodness, it's incredible you know, woman who has just set the standard. And I am hoping to be one of the baddest, one of the most uh, influential and financially uh, situated female African-American chefs, okay? Uh, By next year this time. My goal is out of this world. I'm hoping to... um, have another home 
somewhere on the water where I'm doing pop up uh, pop up dinners and all this kind of stuff and teaching people how to how to uh, work their way around the kitchen. And also, I am also hoping to still be on up, as they say, on top of the earth. And as they say, living and loving and laughing and having as much uh, fun, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, 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 in between the sheets as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Christina, I'll just add to that. I I just uh, I hope that we're able to uh, really travel and uh, enjoy ourselves, you know, and, uh, you know, be able to see. Uh, some places that we hadn't seen yet. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and just enjoying each other, you know. Yeah. Uh, staying healthy, working out together, just doing whatever we can do to uh, enrich our lives. Yeah, because, you, know? you know, I used to be really heavy, and I'm not that anymore. <laughs> I'm, a size, I'm a size 12 <laughs> Congratulations, Miss D. You are looking fabulous, as always. <laughs> as always. And I wish you guys um, every happiness and all the success. Um, And we're just cheering for you both towards your goals and towards your dreams and really appreciate you for being here with us today. Hoping to see you uh, for your mother's, what is it, 70th? Yes. Yeah, in August. Yes. All right. So we have that to look forward to. And Kiri, how about you? Where do you hope to be in your Black love experience this time next year? Well, as of now, my Black love experience is solely with myself. And guess what? I love me. But I also, to be honest, like I have learned to incorporate God into my life. And God mm-hmm. is love. That's important. Yes. Yeah. If he is around in this room, mm-hmm. There is love, and I want to be able to share that with other people effectively. So that is important to me. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Malcolm? Um, I hope to be traveling. You know, um, it's been about maybe three years. No, two. It's been two to three years since I've been home. So I would like to, um, <clears throat> I'm going to say around, it was a little bit before this time, last a couple of years ago when we did a round trip we went to Oregon to meet her mom I met her mom in person and then we went to Florida from Oregon we went to Florida she met my mom my dad my sister we met each other's families and um it was it was it was good it was good she she meshed well with my family I meshed well with hers so I hope to make that trip again and, you know, kind of see where things are. Excellent. Well, again, uh, to you, Malcolm, and to you, Carrie, I wish you both the best. And I am cheering you on towards accomplishing your goals with your Black love experience and beyond that. I want to thank my guests, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, Malcolm Lorenzo, and Kiri Gordon. We've had a wonderful conversation today, and I appreciate you all for opening up and sharing so much with us. We are in for a real treat because next week, 
these same dynamic, marvelous guests are coming back for part two of this conversation on Black Love. You definitely do not want to miss it. I'm Christina Michelle, and we'll be right back with Today in Black History. Welcome back to Culture Rich Conversations. Today in Black History, we celebrate the woman and the legend, Oprah Winfrey. The Oprah Winfrey Show was broadcast nationally on February 8th in 1986 and quickly outperformed Phil Donahue, making hers the most popular show on daytime TV. The success of Oprah's show turned her into one of the most recognizable, influential, and powerful moguls in the world. From her Oscar-nominated performance in director Steven Spielberg's The Color Purple to her own television network, Oprah not only changed Black culture and history, but also American culture and history. She is a living legend and will always be an American treasure. Thank you for listening today. And as always, we'd love to hear your feedback. Our email address is junobaa at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook by searching BAA Juno. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 33734, Juno, Alaska 99803. Today's show was produced by Natasha Boozer. And until next week, may your life be blessed and flow with ease. I'm Christina Michelle, and this has been Culture Rich Conversations. Culture Rich Conversations is underwritten by Mark Stofa and Sarah Hannon, celebrating Juno's diversity of culture, language, and heritage. Culture Rich Conversations is made possible by a grant from the Social Justice Fund Grant Program of the Alaska Community Foundation. You're listening to Culture Rich. Culture Rich.